0: Friends, welcome to the Unlikely Mentors Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Mitzi. And each week, we'll share tidbits of wisdom we've learned through life and through our rather unusual friendship. Welcome to episode number 29. Today, we are going to talk about something that has been requested by several listeners. And, Mitz, I know that this topic has you just on fire. Will you tell us what we're talking about today?
1: Today, we are talking about the Enneagram
0: Oh man, it's so exciting. We have this summer it seems like we've talked a lot about it on runs. And you've I you especially Mitts, you've jumped in to the Enneagram and I love it. Think you're teaching me a ton about myself. So, Mitz, let's start back at the beginning like how did you hear about the Enneagram?
1: Good. Yeah, actually it was about 4 years ago I was taking a coaching class and the we were in the process of reviewing the different personality tests. And mm-hmm. we talked about a lot of ones that I was familiar with. And then he said the word Enneagram. And I'm like, wait, pentagram? What, what's he talking about? And he didn't <laughs> right. say much about it. But he did say it's really hot right now and blah, blah, blah. So I looked it up. It took me a while to figure out how it was spelled so I could even look it up. But I found it. And it's been fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just so excited to talk about it today. So, Kels, when did you first hear about it?
0: I think I actually heard about it on another podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy. I listened to a lot a few years ago. And she started talking about being a six. And I sort of felt like I was left out of the loop. Like, I thought she was really cool. And I was like, what? I don't even know what a six is. Right. And... And then I realized it's this—it's the Enneagram and everyone was talking about it. Just like you said, it's very hot right now. I mean, there's people who their whole podcast is about Enneagrams, and which we'll talk about in a little bit, and or we'll do like segments on, you know, each number and it's very cool. So that was a few years ago mm-hmm. and, and I've been learning about myself and actually you'll see today I'm definitely still learning about my number and who I am and all of that. Um, But before we start, I think, Mitz, we should clarify that we are, you especially, Enneagram enthusiasts, we are definitely not. Experts, we have read books and I've listened to a lot of podcasts and YouTube, and it's it's very fascinating. Um, But we're not experts about it, and (laughs) we're just kind of sharing our perspective of the Enneagram. And we'll we're gonna bring on someone who is an expert in a couple weeks, which we're excited about. But we just hope that maybe we'll spark an interest in you that you might want to figure out this too. So, okay, people might not even know about the Enneagram myths. Can you like get us started with? maybe what it is and why, why is it so cool right right now? Sure.
1: Um, So first of all, full disclosure, I'm so excited about this episode because my friends and family, I think are sick of me talking about the Enneagram and (laughs) I just thought, okay, today I get to talk about it and the listeners, if they want to roll their eyes, they can go ahead and roll their eyes because I can't see them. I just get to talk and hear you talk about it. And so this is awesome for me. No one is rolling their eyes at you. Okay good. Um, so that's part of my number, my caring about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So first of all, the Enneagram is spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And it's, it's a Greek word and any means nine and gram means map. So it's a, a map of nine different views of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a personality typing map or tool and I think you might be familiar with like the Myers Briggs, that 16 personality type mm-hmm. test, or the DISC or the Strength Finders, and a lot of businesses use these personality tests to help people figure out, you know, uh, their behavior and how they fit into the world corporately. And, th- and those tests are awesome, and I love them, and I've taken them, and they just help you understand what your strengths and and Uh, behaviors are. And as we've said on the show before, knowing yourself can only help you be a better you and help you Mm -hmm. have better relationships. And I'm going to, I got to tell this um, little story that I just recalled. So I was listening to an uh, Andy Stanley podcast and he was, um, I think they were talking about the Enneagram, but he said that there was a group of people who wanted to find out what made what were the characteristics of good leaders and mm. so they surveyed um, a bunch of and i'm not sure how many a bunch of is sure, but a, a bunch of ceos from fortune 500 companies and mm. their findings really surprised them because they were thinking that they were going to find like Uh, highly intelligent, highly motivated, Mm -hmm. um, Mm self-disciplined, good people skills. And they did find all of those. But the thing that came to the top was that those leaders who were most effective were people who had a self-awareness. And they had a self-awareness about um, why they behave the way they do and why others behave the way they do. So they could be leaders and managers of people. So I I just Uh thought, okay, um, sometimes it sounds narcissistic to be, oh, studying all about yourself, but it's not. It's you're doing it to be a better person and to be a better friend and husband and wife and all of that.
0: Completely agree.
1: 100% agree. Yeah. And so the thing I like best about the Enneagram is um, it looks at why you behave the way you do, not just are you extroverted or introverted, or um, do you enjoy um, being artistic? It's It talks about what's behind all of that, which helps mm-hmm. you have even more self-awareness when you're looking at why you do the stuff you do. So, yeah. Kels, can you talk a little bit about what the Enneagram looks like? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it it looks like the circle with nine points around the outside, and then it's like a big star on the inside. and And we'll link a we'll link a picture of this in the show notes and on Instagram. But, um, essentially, it's the nine different personality types are kind of around the edges, mm-hmm. one through nine. So, and it, and it shows that all of these different personality types are connected in different ways. So, if you're a healthy one, you might be acting more like this number, or if you're an unhealthy one, you're acting more like this number. And so I like the connectedness of that. And, and and it's all about the why. So why are you acting the way that the, you are? Or why are you doing what you're doing? And so Mitz, you have a really good example of how this has played out in your experience. Can you, will you share that with, with me? I don't even know this story. Yeah, Tell me this. Yeah.
1: yeah and I, I didn't think about this until about a year ago, but then it all kind of made sense. So about oh gosh, it's probably almost 10 years ago now, uh, a group of friends and I decided to do this bike ride across Iowa, which is called Ragbri, And it's mm-hmm. seven days of bike riding, and it's 70 miles a day, one day is 100 miles. And we had f- other acquaintances that had done it. And so we talked, and we thought, okay, let's do that. So a group of us went and one of my friends, Laura, was there. And when people saw us, they probably thought, oh, there are two people who um, they're kind of athletic. They must love biking and they love crowds mm-hmm. of people and they love fitness. And um, that's why they're doing Ragbri. And in fact, here's what it was we were both each there for entirely different reasons. So Laura is um, on the Enneagram. She's a really fun number. And here's what she thought <laughs> oh my gosh the ragbri bike ride would be awesome. Oh, that's going to be so fun. I'm going to get a new bike. I'll probably make sure it's pink. And um, what are are you guys wearing? And oh, this is going to be so much fun. And every day she was laughing. And uh, when we got done bike riding, she liked to talk about who she talked to and blah, blah, blah. Well, here's me. I'm thinking ragbri. Hmm. That sounds really hard. Oh, I don't think I could do that. By golly, I am going to train for this and I'm going to do it. And it's going to be I really can. hard, but yep, I'm going to do it. And then each morning I got up and I'd I pray, okay, God, please help me get through this today. And when I was done at night, I said, thank you, God. And I, I went to sleep kind of early so that I could get up and, and be ready to go. I would um, be kind of nervous. And then at the end of the week, um i actually cried not because i was so happy and sad that it was over so happy about having done it and sad that it was over but i was just like oh thank god i did it and i didn't fail seriously yeah. yes. so so laura and i looked alike but we had yes. very different motivations for being there
0: oh that's very cool to think and and so true with so many things in life so many activities mm-hmm. where i might be just psyched about it for one reason Chris might be feeling a different way about it for, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I like to think about that.
1: So, Kelsey, you were saying there are nine different personality types. Could you briefly explain what each of those nine is?
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. And this is not going to do it justice. Let's start with that because, like, you could read whole chapters about, you would read a book about, each type, but I'll just give you kind of the basics, some words to describe these people. Okay. So, um, a person who is a type one is called the reformer. They are very principled, purposeful. They have a lot of self-control, perfectionist type of people. People that are twos are helpers. So caring, interpersonal, they're very generous, um, people pleasing, maybe a little possessive. Type three is called the achiever. So very success oriented. They are driven, always trying to do their best, but always also conscious of their image and how others are viewing them in the experience. Type four is the individualist. So these people are generally more sensitive, more withdrawn. They can be dramatic, but sometimes can be a little like self-absorbed or temperamental at times, you could say. Type five is the investigator. So these people are very intense and innovative, maybe a little secretive or isolated, uh, but trying to figure things out very brainy. And then sixes are the loyalist. And this is this is the person that I first heard the Enneagram from was a six, but uh, very engaging, responsible. I mean, this one was definitely super fun. But Also a little anxious and so like thinking of worst case scenarios of what might happen or suspicious of people. The enthusiast is number seven. This is the life of the party, I would say. Spontaneous, Mm -hmm. versatile, maybe a little distractible, a little scattered, but like very fun. Very fun person. Type eight is the challenger. So this is a dominant type, very powerful, self-confident, confrontational But at the end of the day, like decisive, making decisions uh, and sticking to them. And then number nine, last but not least, is the peacemaker. Mm. So super easygoing, receptive to new ideas, reassuring, can be very agreeable with people, but also can be maybe a little complacent in life as well. And Kelsey, you and I are both married
1: to a nine, right? As far as we know.
0: As far as we know, I don't think Chris
1: has done enough reading to tell, but that's how I <laughs> label him,
0: which we'll talk about how you shouldn't do mm-hmm. that soon.
1: Yes. Okay. So thanks. That's that's really good. That was a nice little summary. And as Kelsey said, that might not make a lot of sense to you right now, but as you explore further, um, those will be more and more useful to you. So people, I'm sure you're thinking, so how do I find my yeah. number and um, right. what's the best way to go about doing that? And all the enneagram masters and coaches tell you do not take a test. A test mm-hmm. is only showing one part of the possibilities and half the time they're wrong and so do it in other ways. And so what they recommend right. is that you you get books and you do reading and you just find what really resonates with you. But I'm going to say this. I love taking tests like that. And so I've oh, taken yeah. I've taken probably um, 10 different Enneagram tests. No, not all different. I've taken the same one several times, but I've done n- a number of different versions and I've done free versions and I've done paid versions. And I always come out pretty close to the mm-hmm. the same number. And then yep. in my subsequent reading and research, I've, I've pretty much confirmed my number. Kelsey, I can't remember. Yeah. How did you figure out your number? Well...
0: Yeah, I also I've taken several online tests and have gotten the same number as well each time, although mine, um, I'm maybe a little more split. And so I feel I feel confident in what I think I am. If you just Google like free online Enneagram test, there'll be a few that come up. And I mean, I think I took one that maybe took five minutes it was what like 60 questions mm-hmm. or something um it felt like you know when we were well when I was a teen and they'd get like the teen magazines that would have like which hairstyles best <laughs> right, for you right. Right? <laughs> that's what I feel like you're taking which is always fun to see what you get so yeah I would agree the online test but then listening to to podcasts about it or or some books that we'll share in a little bit have been helpful then to like okay is that actually what I am you know yeah, good. Has been helpful.
1: And Kels, didn't you say that um, your dad took a test and for a long time he believed he was one number, and then he uh, did more study and did more testing, and then he's kind of settled on something else that he feels really comfortable with.
0: Yeah, and I actually that a lot of that happened this summer, so I haven't updated on what he's feeling currently. But when he read the book, he thought he was one number, and then he took a, a extensive test, like a paid test, mm-hmm. this summer and then had an Enneagram coach like talk him through it and got a totally different number than what he thought he Mm -hmm. was. And so he's sort of kind of looking at himself in a new way. And yeah, that was this summer. So we haven't touched base on like, okay, what do you think, dad? Do you think you were the original or the new? But that is
1: interesting. Well, and I, I will say that there's something called mistyping because you might there might be a lot of characteristics of one number that mm-hmm. seem like, okay, that's me. And I think I don't think your dad's discovery was like, oh, that was totally wrong. I think he figured out more and more parts of himself that made right. more and more sense. So it was a journey. It wasn't like right or wrong.
0: Right, yeah. which is kind of the journey that I'm on yeah. Yeah. myself right now a right. little bit. Yeah.
1: Okay, Kel. So, are we going to share our numbers today or keep the (laughs) listeners in suspense? I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, we should. That's the point. That's the point of this, right? Um, But it it does, it feels very like I'm sharing my soul about who I am because it does tell a lot about, again, like your motivation and why you do things. Okay. Anyways, this is okay. So, I identify as a three, Mm -hmm. which. Um, is interesting because a couple people who I'm close with, including you, Mitz and my dad, when started doing their own research, they right away were like, You're an eight. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I was an eight for a while until I started doing my own research. And I I really am sticking to the fact that I'm a three, although I've been reading Road Back to You, which is the book about the Enneagram, and just read about eights and was like, oh. Hmm. Here's some things. so actually I'd like to talk about this. Mitz, why do you think okay, well let's let's remember what those those two different types are. The three is the achiever. So success oriented, really trying to excel, and then the key for me is that like care what other people think about you mm-hmm. and really like not necessarily like need it, but very much like to be recognized for, for the things-, things that you've done. Yes, exactly. Whereas the eight is dominant, self-confident, decisive, very black and white, a little confrontational, um, but definitely like get it done. So Mitz, okay, so tell me why
1: you think I'm a little. I don't really have to say anything because the description (laughs) you just gave. No. And actually um, threes and eights are confused sometimes or mistyped as one another because they're both in um, something they call the aggressive stance. They both go out and meet the world and make things happen. Mm. And so when I, in my association with you, I see that you take the bull by the horns and you have strong Mm. feelings about stuff and you go out Mm -hmm. and get it done. And maybe sometimes you're a little impatient Um, with people who aren't getting it done. Um, However, when you have talked about some aspects of being a three, the achiever, and you have said, this really makes me feel exposed. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the clue that helps you know that that's your number. When you start reading characteristics that make your face turn red, and you feel like somebody's reading your email, that is probably um, close to which one you are. So the
0: thing about an eight in that I don't think I am is the confrontation piece. Okay. Not that I'm afraid of confrontation, but as I'm doing research, it's like an eight is sort of like, will egg on the conversation. Like they and thrive then, on it. Yeah. And I don't thrive on, com- in, in fact, like having a debate with someone about religion, politics, and it, like, that's my worst, I, okay. I would hate to do that and so that is why i still lean away from an 8 okay um and maybe lean more towards a 3 of of caring very much like what people notice about me and it's i'm not saying i i don't want to say like physically that's not the case i, I like to look okay but not, that's not the point it's like oh kelsey did this thing or did a good job doing this right mm-hmm. like
1: Um, Yes, your accomplishments.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I always viewed that as really a bad thing. But I was talking to my therapist the other day about it, and she said something that just made me feel better about it. She just framed it as, isn't it cool that God made you in the way that, like, other people can fill you up? And God gave you this gift of feeling good when people appreciate your work, and isn't that so cool of God to do that instead of feeling bad all the time? Because, of course, it can overtake you. And if, and if the only reason you're doing things is for recognition, it's very unhealthy. But isn't it also cool that, like, God made you to feel
1: good about the things that you do and here's how? So I just, yes, I liked that I, perspective. I like that. And and just to add to that, so all nine points on the Enneagram are um, if if you're a healthy one or two or three or whatever, that's who God created you to be. And that's awesome. The thing about the Enneagram is it helps you see kind of the more unhealthy aspects of your motivations and desires so that you can work toward the healthy. So while um, you're saying uh, there's parts of the three that you are not really happy about in Mm -hmm. yourself, you have the Enneagram... Gives you the tools to move forward into the healthy part, into right. the three that's the encourager, the three that's the go getter, the three that people want on their team to get yeah. things done. Sure. So, yes. Yeah,
0: that's what's cool about it. Okay, Mitz, tell us your number.
1: Okay, so my number is the number that people are most embarrassed about finding out because it has to do with image. Uh-huh. So, I'm also a three. Okay. And, um, So I'm actually embarrassed that now people will know that I care about what people think of me and that I need that, you know, all that. So, Uh wow, this is like, I don't think I've ever been this transparent, but here we are. So, yeah, I'm a three, and uh, the more I study the Enneagram, the more I'm understanding why I do some of the things that I do that end up not putting me in a good place (laughs) emotionally or physically or in relationships. But I am... On this journey, and I'm going to continue to read and study and talk about it. And if you ever want to talk about the Enneagram, just oh. call Kels or me because we no. will talk Mitzi to you is your off.
0: girl. I'm happy to listen to talk, but Mitzi's going to help you the most for
1: sure. <laughs> so, um, Kels, can you tell us about? You, you mentioned a book yeah. that you're reading currently that's yeah. helped you a lot. Some of the things that you've um, that have yeah. helped you with the Enneagram.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, Annie F. Downs does a podcast called "That Sounds That Sounds Fun," and they she doesn't any. Any a Ennea Summer, it's called every summer where they like mm-hmm. have each type on the show. And so I've listened to that a bit. Um, and then I'm reading Road Back to You right now, which is a very simple and quite funny. Oh, the, the writer mm-hmm. is quite funny. I forget his, do you know, Suzanne Stabila's one. Who's the
1: mm-hmm. man? Ian Crone.
0: Okay. Um, so, so they were anyways, really good book. And actually, one thing I think is interesting, and this is way deeper in the Enneagram, but they were talking about like the connectedness. And I'm always looking at the three, of course, and how a three can act like other numbers when they're healthy or un- unhealthy. And it said that if a three is healthy, they take on characteristics of a six, which is that warrior person in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I actually feel like the opposite is true. And I don't know if this is allowed or if this happens or not, but I feel like, Mitz, if I'm stressed or overwhelmed, I actually cycle into the what if scenarios like a mm-hmm. six would. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I I cr- I have cried about the the what if one of my girls falls off the St. Joe Bridge. Like, this is a recurring fear for me. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, like, is that true? Do you know? Is that true?
1: Actually, the uh, Enneagram masters are now saying that um, the two numbers that you go to, one when you're stressed and Mm -hmm. not very healthy, and the other when you're... Feeling healthy and it's called your integration number. Um, you can actually tap in to both the good stuff and the bad stuff okay. in those lines. And okay. okay, wait, we're we're getting too in depth. Okay, the this is too um, in-depth. I but, just yeah. read
0: it in this book and it was like, oh my gosh, wait, this actually happens to me. And is it okay, so yes, it can happen to me. Okay, beside the point, Road Back to You is a really good book. And it has a faith basis. They're both Christians, uh, in the book too, and so it brings that into
1: Right, the whole spiritual aspect. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is really cool. But Mitz, you have a lot more resources. So what? What else can people find?
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to say the Road Back to You. I think is the best book to start with. They keep it pretty basic, but it's everything you need to know to have a, a decent understanding of yourself, and then to kind of whets your appetite for more study. I've got a couple other really fat, more heavy books. Um, one's called and Kelsey, you're going to link these oh, in the uh, show them all. notes. Yeah. I love to say that. Link it in the show notes. (laughs) Link them. The ones is The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Um, Another is The Sacred Enneagram. And then my most recent one, which is kind of a fun, pretty book, is called The Honest Enneagram. And those are good. And uh, they are more in-depth and a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. difficult to digest, but um, I'm... I refer to those fatter books when I have a specific question. Okay, okay. But then the one other thing that I'm real excited about is Suzanne Stabile, one of the authors of The Road Back to You, she has a curriculum, a 12-week curriculum on on the Enneagram, and it's called The Enneagram Journey. And I'm with a group of friends in January. We are going to meet online once... um, once a week and oh, okay. discuss what we learned in the video and through our workbook. And so I'm, I'm just really excited about that. And, that and I think we're so going to cool. do some more of those facilitated classes later on in okay. the spring. So that we'll is, let you know if, if we do that. Yeah, that's
0: really awesome that you're going to learn a ton about yourself and yeah. others, which I like.
1: And, and one last thing, um, <laughs> that I want to say and Kelsey you already referred to this you are not supposed to try to figure out your friends type <laughs> no. or your husband's mm-hmm. type but secretly we do it all the time oh, because it's so interesting it. oh. right? and if if you go online and you like you can google the office and they will tell you every number yes. um for the people in the office oh and I let me say this okay. so now the producers of movies and television shows are are learning the enneagram so that they can assign a number to a person so that they can make sure this person is true to his character. Like, you wouldn't have someone who was a four and so kind of melancholy. You wouldn't have that person throwing big parties all the time. That wouldn't be consistent with Uh who they really are. So anyway, it's everywhere.
0: Oh, cool. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's near impossible to read the book and not think about all of your friends, but they do tell you not to, but we're You know, do as we say and not as we do, because we've obviously just typed each other and our husbands (laughs) (laughs) without their permission. So listen, this is a tool. It I what I like about it is it doesn't define me. In fact, it doesn't put me in a box. It helps me see where I'm at so that I can grow from that place. Which I think is Love that. It's really cool. And and it helps, like Mitt said, it helps you understand yourself better, others better. We're Big. It, it turns out we're big advocates for that. I think we're learning about what we find most important in life through this podcast because this is mm-hmm. a recurring theme of, yes. of figure yourself out so that you can be a better human. So anyways, in a couple weeks, we're going to talk to an Enneagram expert, Jen Van Hecken and give you more Enneagram goodness is coming your way. She's a life coach, a certified Enneagram coach. And so we're just excited to hear from her. So stay tuned for that. We want to hear your number. So hop over and tell us on Instagram, what are you learning about yourself? Who are you? And we hope you have an awesome week.
1: Thanks for listening. Bye.